This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Good Sunday morning, everybody. The last Sunday in January. Ooh, what a thunk we get this far. Yep. Welcome to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7, 100.1 FM. 1200 a.m., 1440 a.m. You can also listen to us online at ESPNSyracuse.com or you can find our podcast there. Uh, go to ESPNSyracuse.com, look for players only, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, just click on the search bar, search for ESPN Syracuse, and again, look for players only. You can also listen to us on the ESPN app. I'm Matt Slocum, joined by my co-host Ryan Story. And Ryan... We're getting close. Yeah, we are. We are getting close. We're yeah, another week weeks away. Yeah. yeah, another week done and another week closer to the postseason in winter sports. And uh, and then not long after that, the spring sports season starts. Mm-hmm. You know, the spring sports start in uh, just a little over a month or so, month and a half, I think. Uh, but, as, you know, as we get closer to the postseason, we have to talk about where things stand. Yeah. And we start uh, in the boys' uh Boys ice hockey, which ends uh, in a couple weeks, so less than a couple weeks, uh, the seeding meeting is uh, set for uh, Super Bowl Sunday, mm-hmm. February 12th, and that's when the playoffs get underway. So we're about close to two weeks uh, away from the season, and it's getting close to crunch time. Yep. It really is. Um, and as we look at the, uh, look at the standings here uh, for Section 3, um, it's pretty... Pretty tight, mm-hmm. I would I would say. Um, in D one in particular, um, D one has really uh, gotten a little bit tighter in terms of divisional records. Yep. West Jenny and Bowensville still unbeaten. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I take that back. Bowensville does have a loss. Yeah. Uh, West uh, to West Jenny. Yeah, West Tennessee unbeaten in section three play, and then Bowensville. Yeah, with that one mm-hmm. loss. So they they have a matchup on. Tuesday that we're going to talk about later in the show, mm-hmm. but that could be one of the, you mentioned how it's going to be tough for these uh, seating committees to judge who's at the top of D1. Well, this is pretty much the only way it gets difficult to see who's at the top of D1 because if Baldwinsville beats West Jenny, then they're going to have to make a tough decision there because then the season series will be split between those two teams. Yeah, and uh, actually this is the updated standings on Syracuse.com. Uh, again, West Jenny 8-0 in division play, Baldwinsville 8-1. Uh, so Bowensville has played one more game than West Jenny has, but that'll change come Tuesday mm-hmm. when they actually face off against each other. Yep. Um, and, and again, and we were talking uh, we were talking before the show, right? That's a preview of the D one final right there. Yep. Because obviously these two teams are are pretty much set to be one one two uh, in the in the Division one playoffs. Yep. Um, so the only way they will meet in the playoffs is if they both make it to the final, which is what happened last year with West Genesee winning that one in a tight affair mm-hmm. at the uh, Upstate Medical Arena, uh, two to one. Yeah, I, I should know. I called that game mm-hmm. uh, for the NFHS Network, and I, I tell you this much: uh, if you got nothing better to do on a Tuesday, go to this game. Uh, just really go to this game. Um, this should be a it should be a fun one again a preview of potentially what we could see in the playoffs. But I want to count out Syracuse yet. Yeah, Syracuse. 
the record's deceiving because they started off so slow due to Jameson Bucktooth being out. As soon as he came back, the team just mm-hmm. completely changed. It's a way different team than what we saw earlier in the year. And we I mean, we look at their past couple of games. They're what seven and seven and seven three, and two seven without three. him. Um, I yeah. think, or no, seven. You're right, seven and three without or with Jamison Bucktooth on the roster. Yeah, and yeah. without and without him, they just they they went out to a uh, let's just say a flat head start. Yeah. Um, they lost their first six games of the year, and Williamsville North, really good team, mm-hmm. out of out of Section Six. Uh, losing them ten to one, then Pittsburgh Menden eight to one, uh, and then losing to Bowensville big, seven yep. one. They lost a tight one to Skinny Atlas. I that thought for sure they were going to break it back. That was honestly the only uh-huh. bright spot of the season. Really, before Bucktooth came yeah. back. Yeah, and then you know they beat Fulton, uh, you know, and then they got they got back in their winning ways. They're on a three game win streak now. Yep, they beat Liverpool in a in a game that really shouldn't have been that tight. Mm-hmm. They won that one two to one. Mohawk Valley, they shut out three nothing, and then Watertown I'd see they beat four two. But you look at the rest of the schedule that it's they got. Tough. Oh, good lord. At West Jenny, at Ithaca, versus Baldwinsville, and then at Skinny Atlas. And Ithaca's the only matchup where it's not playing a top tier state team. Yeah. And even then you have to go all the way to Ithaca. That's a far matchup. And Ithaca's still a solid team. So I could see yeah. them dropping three out of these four games. Mm-hmm. And I mean I mean if they go two and two in this stretch. They've established that, that would as a that would consider lucky. Yeah, that would be considered lucky if they went two and two in that stretch. Yep. Though that skinny Atlas game, um, that's going to be a revenge game because they lost to them only by a goal. Yeah, and we'll see if now that they have their best player, if mm-hmm. they're able to turn things around. Right, but again, the last four games for Syracuse look brutal. Yeah, um, Casanova, uh, a good team in up. fourth place, mm-hmm. fourth place right now, looking at the at the four seed, Rome Free Academy. Has taken a little bit of a step yeah, back. They, originally, they were like uh, trying to cement themselves as a, one of those top three teams, mm-hmm. or even one of those top two, because they had pretty much the same record as West Genesee. Obviously, their losses weren't to teams on par with West Genesee's losses, mm-hmm. but and they were they had two losses and they were looking good, but then they've uh, they haven't won any games in their past three. They've lost their past two games by a combined score of 18-5, to five, mm. and it's just not looked good for them. And when they played against West Genesee, losing 10-1, to one, that just kind of shows you how this RFA team is a good team. They can beat some of these other teams on their level, but they're not going to go to West Genesee or Baldwinsville and mm-hmm. get an upset there. It's just a different talent level. Yeah, and actually they've, they've lost their last two and tied a third matchup, they tied with Watertown. I'd see tying that a one three lower three. middle of the pack team in D right. So. Uh, I mean, and then just getting crushed badly by West Jenny on the twenty fourth, yeah. yeah. uh, and then losing to Clinton in a high scoring game. That was that's a shocker to me because that's a D two team right there. Mm-hmm. You need to establish that you can go to a team that you don't see a lot. Because I mean, obviously you're going to play against these D one mm-hmm. teams all the time, but you get a couple of these D two and out of section matchups. You got to establish your presence there, and mm-hmm. they weren't able to do that against Clinton. Yeah, and, and and you look at their last three; they're all against teams essentially in the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Mohawk Valley coming up on the third, then they're home against Ontario Bay, and then they close out at Casanova. These those three games are big for Rome Free Academy. You got to step out of that of that little bit of a streak that they have, and you know, and, and just get back to 
in the winning ways. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I like Rome Free Academy's team. I think they have a lot of great players and Jimmy D'Angelo, Jake Primo, Carmen Orton, a bunch of really talented players right there. But it just looks like this RFA team isn't going to be on par with the rest of the top of D1. Yeah, and you look at and you look at the rest of D1. Ontario Bay right smack dab in the middle of the pack. Yep. FM uh Cicero North Syracuse, they're they're still all in it and and then you look at the last four, Mohawk Valley, Watertown, IHC, Liverpool, Fulton. Um, again, Fulton's most likely not going to make it to the playoffs at all. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool, uh, they, <laughs> they they need to win a couple more games, and they and they need them yeah, fast. Liverpool looks out of it, but I mean, with a two seven and one division record, that's their only real hope because based yeah. off of overall record and even conference record, they're out of it. Yeah. But outside of that, maybe they put some games together towards the end of the season. And, I mean, they have two games where they're actually probably favored to, uh, in the, towards the end of the season where they play um, versus Auburn and versus Fulton. Again, Fulton hasn't picked, yeah. hasn't picked up a win this season, and then Auburn with just one on the year. So yeah. m- maybe, but they'd have to either upset FM well, that, or West Genesee. Well, that's the thing, though. Auburn is in Division two, so it wouldn't count yeah, as wouldn't a division. Count it wouldn't count as a division win if they win. Um Again, even if they beat Fulton, which is yeah. most likely they would do that, that would just put them at three seven and one in the division, and yeah. that still wouldn't make. They'd it. have to be looking at maybe beating um, the t- the earlier team FM in their next mm-hmm. game, but even then, that would put them at just a thirty three percent win percentage. Yeah, so, it, um, it it would. Yeah. It's 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 disappointing where Liverpool's at because they they, they started had, so strong. They they had a great start to the year, and yeah. then the, it just sort of fell apart. The, but that's because mostly the schedule got tougher. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're going up against West Jenny, Baldwinsville, uh, you know, Syracuse with their with them making a run there. It's tough to come back from that. Yeah. Um, but again, the two teams I'm looking at in terms of potentially making the playoffs: Mohawk Valley, Watertown, IHC. They're at least they're one win, if not two away. Um, especially Mohawk Valley, they got a big game coming up against Rome Free Academy. If they win that one, they're essentially in. Yeah, but it looks like Watertown IHC isn't going to make it because they only have one game left, and that's versus Thousand Islands, which, um, in terms of hockey, they're not in Section Three. No, and Thousand Islands is in Section Three for a lot of other well, sports. Well, actually, but not for hockey. Well, actually, Watertown IHC's overall record now is five, seven, and two, oh, which so, is just yeah, over four hundred. So even if they lose that game, mm-hmm. they should still qualify in terms of overall record. Because remember, yeah. you have to have a four hundred record either overall. Within the section, well, actually, no, or within them your would division, drop them below four hundred. So oh, really? It would. Yeah. So a win, they would. Oh well, well, they need to win that. Yeah, they need. To win <laughs> they so need to win. Pretty much a winner go home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on to Division Two now, and it's been Skinny Atlas, Cortland Homer, uh, CBAJD still in the top three, although, but they are slipping. Although yeah. CBAJD, they got upset this mm-hmm. past week. They've had they've gotten upset a couple times recently. Yeah. We saw them. I, and it all started with that second Skinny Atlas loss because uh, they had started off the season 9-1. and one. Their only loss had been to Skinny Atlas really early on. Mm-hmm. They dropped another one to scan, and then all of a sudden they start getting upset by teams. They got upset by New Hartford, who's a good team, don't get me wrong, but it's not a team that they think they should be losing no, to. No, they should have been. Casnovia, who, again, a good D1 team there, but that's another team where I think CBA thinks that they're the better team there, mm-hmm. and I'm expecting more out of this CBA JD team. You know, and, and we talk about Skinny Atlas a lot, yeah. and Skinny Atlas, as we all know, they're a pretty decent team, but they started off really poorly. Yeah. 
uh, in, in to their start standard. the season. In their standards. In, in the, and according to their standards, it was a poor start. But they rebounded so well, mm-hmm. and now they're sitting on top of the division, as they should be. Yeah. Cortland Homer, by the way, beat Ithaca in a, in a non-Section 3 yeah, game. The Took the Cup. Cortica Cup. Yeah. yeah, that's a big the, one. We heard of the Cortica jug between Ithaca and SUNY Cortland yep. on the football side. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the high school equivalent, the Cortica Cup. And uh, so congratulations to Cortland Homer for winning that. Now the question becomes, can they win a Section 3 title? Yeah. I mean, just looking at who's going to get the one seed, right now Scandalous has it locked up if they're able to win out. Which, I think that's which they should. They should. Um, their next two games should be fairly easy with Whitesboro and Oswego. But, I mean, you never know. Mm-hmm. Then then they end off the season with two tougher games, Clinton and Syracuse. Clinton, they should be able to get through. Yeah, but that Syracuse, skinny Atlas Syracuse game. That, that as we mentioned, that could be tough. Yeah. So, if hypothetically Skinny Atlas were to drop that one, then Quan Hummer's looking at the chance to sneak into the number one sne- seed. But even then, they've got to go through CBAJD again and then New Hartford back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see if Quan Homer's going to get the one seed, but right now it's looking like Skinny Alice's uh, spot right there. Yeah, if you're looking at the bottom half of Division Two right now, Whitesboro, uh, essentially they're in based on division record with a 5-6 yep. uh, division record there. Clinton is actually one win away. Uh Oh, actually, no, they're safely in with a 500 record even yeah, Clinton overall. Is actually, Whitesboro's in kind of a tougher spot because yeah. they have three divisional games left, and those games are Skinny Atlas, New Hartford, CBIJD. Oh, boy. Those are all. Those are three easy. teams that on paper are all better. I mean, that game That game with New Hartford, you probably the, want to circle on the calendar. And that's a Whitesboro. huge rivalry game. Because, that I, well, that'll determine who gets a home game to start the playoffs versus going on the road. Yeah. And... uh. Right now, if you're Whitesboro, you want to win that one because you're only two and seven on the road this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, just looking at, I I don't know if anyone has seen the Instagram post. We were talking about some of the top rivalries in Section Three on there, mm-hmm. and um, New Hartford Whitesboro was the number was one rivalry mm-hmm. in Section Three. So yep. that's going to be tensions are high in those rivalry games. We'll see how it goes. Yep, and unfortunately, Auburn is. Not looking like it's yeah, going to make it. One Oswego, win on the season. Oswego, they could via overall, but again, that's asking for a, uh, uh, that's a tough ask. But I mean, honestly, Auburn's one win over New Hartford. That's an impressive win. That's, a, that's an impressive like win. Be, I mean, uh, mean two win team. They'd yeah. be a good team in New Hartford. So, yeah. I mean, at least they have that for the season. Yeah. And, and, and that might be something that holds New Hartford back when it comes to tournament yeah. seating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if, if you're in New Hartford, you you just got to win your games. Yeah, giving That's the fans of Maroons a glimmer of hope. Yep. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk boys basketball coming up. And again, season winding down there too. It's getting yep. close to crunch time. More players only when we come back. Presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7, 100.1 FM. And now we talk, we shift gears to boys basketball now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I said before the break, it's getting close to crunch time. Yep. And, uh, you know, we actually have now Section 3 playoff standings. We, We can actually look at those and see where teams are at. And right now, uh, since it's an open, it's going to be an open field for both boys and girls basketball. So that means regardless of record, everybody's going to play in the postseason. 
um, which will make a lot of the scheduling fun. Thank it God is I'm, up to I'm, the teams, though. So, I mean, we're going to yeah, see some teams, yeah, the teams that are lower, yeah, the losing record. Maybe they opt out of the playoffs. Yeah, and, and the, right. But I, I think a lot of teams are going to take advantage of this while they can. I mean, it opens the door for a lot more upset teams. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, and that's what we like. We like upsets. I mean, come on. It's, 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 I, I look, I like at the, I look at the high school basketball playoffs, both boys and girls side as the preview to March Madness. Mm -hmm. That's what, I, that's what I like. Um, even though the section three finals are the first weekend of March. And last year we saw uh, Old Forge, I believe, the 15 seed mm -hmm. advance to the semifinals, or even, I believe, the section finals. Of yeah. The, uh, yeah. And then Grimes had a good Grimes run. had a great run losing in the semis. Yep. So the you girls' know. team lost. Uh, they were like the 10 seed. They lost mm -hmm. in the finals. Yep. So, Barnes. yeah, upsets can happen. So let's, let's look at these standings. We start with double A. And it looks like it's a battle between West Jenny and Liverpool for the top spot. Um, uh, Liverpool is right now twelve and three overall. West Jenny's thirteen and two. Um, again, it's probably going to be those two top seeds. I yeah. mean, not much you can say. But look who's making a comeback at number three right now. Nottingham. Nottingham. Yeah, but as we saw them, they start off the season pretty good, but. Uh, they thought they could be better. They thought they could establish themselves as a top team. And we've seen they've taken advantage of, they've beaten teams like Cicero, North Syracuse, and CBA, um, where that was teams that were generally considered more in the top five. Mm -hmm. Like Nottingham was kind of in that, maybe they're five, maybe they're six, but they weren't really in that top four. They beat two top four teams back to back. And then they come out and they beat Liverpool. Now, Liverpool, um, they are without Andreo Ash. We talked to him last yep. week on the show, and mm -hmm. he injured his. Uh, and going practice, so he's been out for their past couple of games. But that's now two losses in a row for Liverpool, while Nottingham's looking to kind of maybe take that two-seat away yeah. from them. I doubt the committee will give Nottingham the two-seat just because Liverpool obviously has the excuse of Andre Oash being out. But And you never know what could happen. Uh, Liverpool drops a couple more games. Andre Oash's return is maybe a little bit delayed. And, mm -hmm. you know, you never know what the Bulldogs can do. Yeah, and you look at the middle of the pack for double-A. Um so pretty much what I look at is like the five through eight seats. CBA Syracuse is at five. Uh, mm -hmm. FM's at six. Auburn's seven. Proctor's eight. There's not much room for error, yeah. really. Uh, maybe with the exception of CBA Syracuse. They seem to be a little bit more safe in the yeah, five seed. And um, honestly, even FM, they have Trevor Rowe, who um, if uh, anyone doesn't know, he hit 1,000 points yesterday. Mm -hmm. He joined the 1,000 points club with a win yesterday over ESM. So uh, he joins his father and his sister, who both did the same thing. There you go. The Hornets. Make, but, it, a, um, make it a family tradition right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, those top six teams, honestly, and Jenny, Liverpool, Nottingham, CNS, CBA, and then FM, mm -hmm. all seem to be pretty locked in. And even Auburn is a really good team. Mm -hmm. uh, they have the problem of not being in the um, – the same division as a lot of those other teams because they play in the SCAC Empire while the other teams play in the Metro, which kind of hurts them in terms of seeding a little bit in matchups. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how the top of this Class AA plays out. Uh, the, the one disappointment I have right now is Baldwinsville at number nine. Mm -hmm. um, Baldwinsville last year made it to the Section 3 final. They're, no, that, that was on the 
girls side, I believe. Oh, on the girls side. Yeah, yeah they, it was on the girls uh, side. They struggled a bit, a little bit last year as well, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, they've had a couple of good wins yeah. this year. One team that I'm looking at as a sleeper is Corcoran because uh, they've got right two really good players out there. Another player to join the 1,000-point club this past week, Amir Reeves, the senior guard. He's been playing out of his mind this season. And then um, they also added... Um, Jaden Holloman, who was a star in Bishop Ludden last year, mm-hmm. he's another great guard for them. So they kind of lack size, and I think that's why they have a five and ten record. But with those two players, you never know what they can yeah, do in a I mean, playoff run. Yeah, at eleven right now, essentially, since all fourteen teams would make it, and if you're looking at the top two getting a buy into the next round, they're looking at potentially playing Nottingham mm-hmm. in, in in the, and that'll in the be play tough, around. But you never know. So. Um, and then rounding out, rounding out the fourteen, uh, PSLA Fowler mm-hmm. is at twelve. Bishop London is at thirteen, and then Henniger fourteen. Yeah. Um, it looks like all fourteen teams will make it in Double A, regardless of record. But again, this is an open sectional, <laughs> open sectional playoffs, and uh, so that means everybody gets in regardless of record. But again, it's up to the teams to decide if they want to compete. I say Double A is going to have a really fun bracket. Yeah, really I really will think be. it is. On to Class A now. Bishop Grimes is on top yep. uh, of Class A right now. Central Square right behind him at number two. Uh, Fulton and New Hartford round out the top four. Um, and actually, it's pretty tight between seeds three and 12. Yeah, it, it really is. It's a lot of teams hovering around 500. Yeah, and again, look at the look at the teams in, in this mix. New Hartford's at four. Carthage, five. Both Syracuse and Utica Academy of Sciences, six and seven respectively. Mm-hmm. JD, uh, again taking a little bit of a tumble. Usually JD's on top of Class A, but they're now eighth uh, with a six and seven record. That's kind of surprising. Uh, ESM is at nine, Watertown ten, Whitesboro eleven, uh, and then you have the bottom two in Oswego at Indian River uh, to close out Class A, but. <laughs> At this rate right now, it looks like I'd give it to at least the top two right now, Bishop Grimes, Central Square. And even then, I think there's a big gap between Grimes and Central Square. I think Grimes is definitively the number one team in Class A. Mm-hmm. They've got just so much talent on the roster with Dengarang, John Coral, Nathan Abernathy, and Eric Wall. They've just they have all so much talent on that team. And then there's I think there's a solid drop off to Central Square, but Central Square's made a good run this season. You also can't count out Fulton obviously having a great year. New Hartford having a worse year than they expected because they thought they were the one seeds coming right. into this year mm-hmm. in terms of class A rankings. But um they've just been hovering around five hundred all year with a really tough schedule. Yeah. And then even Utica Academy of Science, uh they've dropped down a little bit. Um, but they've all they've had a really tough schedule because we talked about it at the beginning of the season. They're basically playing uh, pretty. They're, they're playing a wild schedule with pretty much no section three games. So yeah. it's going to be tough for the Adams to kind of make a run here. But they're prepared for the playoffs. Yep. Yeah. On to Class B now. We got twenty four teams uh, to look at here in Class B. Central Valley Academy unbeaten still. Thirteen and zero on the campaign. Chittenango. Uh, and General Brown essentially, I guess you could say tied for second, really, even though Chenango's played one more game. Yep. But, uh, yeah, Chenango's doing well. General Brown's doing well. West Hill and Marcellus is pretty high up there. The top seven teams in Class B right now, double-digit wins. Uh, Clinton and Lowville, by the way, round up the top seven yep. uh, in Class B. This looks pretty tight. I like the top right now. I think Class B is going to be... 
a really interesting I think it's field the most this year. Exciting class. I, I I agree with you on that because you have so many teams up top yeah. that are doing really well on the campaign, and then but even even after after you get past Lowville at seven, <clears throat> you still have four teams that um, are just <clears throat> a win or two away. Yep. From getting into the double-digit column themselves, Camden, Skinny Atlas, Casanova, South Jeff, uh, and South Jeff to round out the top 11. Whew, Class yeah. B is going to be fun. I, mean, I do kind of disagree with the rankings here in terms of just the order of the top because I still see Chenango as the top favorite, even though they've had a couple close losses to really good like Class AA teams. That doesn't make them drop behind Central Valley Academy for me, just because you got to look at who the teams are playing. Yeah. So I'd say uh, CVA definitely has hopped teams like West Hill and General Brown, but I don't think they're past Chenango. Even then, I'd still give West Hill the benefit of doubt over General Brown just because, again, they've only lost to teams like Chenango. But then also Marcellus, I'd almost put ahead of General Brown yeah. just because of we saw Marcellus have some really good upsets this year. Like, oh, yeah. They'd be in Chittenango. Mm-hmm. They'd be in West Hill. So that's two right there where um, they're not losing to bad teams they're, no. and they're beating really good teams. So even then, I'd probably put them over General Brown. But again, no discredit to General Brown with Tucker Rosberg. They're a great team. I just think that the Mustangs have a really good resume for this year. Yeah, and even if you look towards the middle of Class B, there's still some pretty good teams on this list here, too. Holland Patton yep. at 12, Phoenix 13, uh, Cortland at 14 right now, even though their record's 4-9. and nine, Salve right behind games. them. I think is really good. Salve could surprise some people. Mm-hmm. Um, They've got I a really good Salve shooting out. team. Even Mexico. Yeah. Mexico at 16 right now with a 5-10 record. They continue. They've been playing some good basketball. They they've gave West Hill a nice run players. for their money. Yeah, they've got a couple of nice players yeah. right there. Yep. And uh, Homer Institute of Tech, Vernon Verona, Cheryl, Utica, Notre Dame. You know, at, again, Class B. I think is going to be a really fun bracket yep. this year. Um, and I'm pretty sure the seating committee is going to take a hard look uh, at Class B, especially up top, because it's going to be interesting to see where they put everybody. If if the records stay tight. Uh, between now and the end of the season, the seating committee is going to have a field day. Yeah, 100%. So we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll finish off with Class C and Dion Boys basketball, even talk a little bit of boys wrestling yeah. coming up. So more players only when we come back on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7 and 100.1 FM. Um, usually we have a special guest join the show. Uh, we're supposed to have Trevor Rowe join us today, but uh, due to a family emergency, uh, he obviously couldn't join us today. Um, but we wish Trevor Rowe and his family the best uh, with what's going on over there. Hopefully we could get him on next week. Yep, That's what, we hope, that's we'll what we're hoping for. But again, family comes first, and uh, we we appreciate that. Um, Let's finish up talking about boys basketball while we're here. Uh, In the Class C standings, uh, Dodgeville on top at 15-1 and overall. Little Falls right behind them. Yep. And it's usually those two teams that Mm -hmm. are are, uh, the talk of the town in Class C. But again, just like Class B, um, there's a lot of teams at the top. Yeah, there are. A lot of good teams at the top. Waterville at three, Weedsport at four. Tully making a run at five, Herkimer six, Jordan Elbridge seven, Beaver River eight. Those are your top eight seats right there. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't really think that's going to change at all. And I honestly think that Waterville can be considered one of those top two teams. Almost, I see them as better than Little Falls just because you look at the only two losses of the season are to Dolgeville. And I think Waterville has the best player in the class with Tyson Maxim, who uh, he joined that 1,000-point club a long time ago. He joined that last or. I mean, earlier this season, I believe, probably like in the first couple of weeks of the season. So um, they've got an unbelievable score there. And I don't know if he can be stopped by most of these teams. I think mm-hmm. Waterville, I can already check into the at least the semifinals of Class C. Oh, yeah. But here, here's what I find surprising. Sandy Creek with a 10-6 record, 12th. Yep. Uh, to me, that doesn't make sense. I think they're a lot better than 12th. Yeah, I mean, I think they're better than 12th, but they have had kind of an easier schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, you obviously have to give them credit where credit's due, but they have a worse in-division um, schedule, and they've dropped three out of their past four. They've lost to a lot of the better teams that they've played, like General Brown and South Lewis, teams like that. So it's tough to give them a higher seed when they've just kind of built up their record by playing against a bunch of Class D teams. Yeah. And I, I think Sandy Creek, though, is still But you're better. right. I think they should be higher than they should. They, they right should now. be, at the very least, they should be 10th. Yeah. Um, they should They should be past Lafayette and South Louis right now. I don't know about Lafayette, teams. but I think you're right with South Louis. Yeah. It's just... Maybe a past Mount Markham as yeah. well, because I think Mount, they could be a better team than Mount yeah, Markham. Yeah, but... And then, and then you look as you continue on down the list. There's still really good teams on here. Sequoia Valley is really Sequoia, good. Uh, Sequoia Valley. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we're probably going to get... Still can't pronounce that name right. Yeah. Um, Thousand Islands is at fifteen, Onondaga sixteen, Pulaski seventeen. A lot of good teams. Yep, a lot of good teams, top to bottom. Again, just like Class B, Class C is going to have a really fun year in the postseason, mm-hmm. um, especially up top of the top eight seats. I mean, whoever those top eight seats are going to be, it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. Yeah. On to Class D, we we wrap up boys basketball here with Class D, and the top four look really good. Even the top six, I should say, really really good. Sackets Harbor number one, Hamilton and Madison essentially tied for second right now. Uh, Fabius Pompey there at fourth, West Canada Valley five, McGraw six, Oriskany seven, even Stockbridge Valley at eight, uh, even Belleville Henderson at nine. Yep. Uh, really good teams. Copenhagen, by the way. Um, also, I think, was in the Section 3 final last year. Or they? No, that was on the girls' side. Again on the girls' side. I always mix them up. I thought Copenhagen made it on the boys' side, too. No, I don't um, think so. But, um, but yeah, they're, they're there at number 10. And even even as you get down towards the bottom, yeah, towards the very still bottom. really good teams. Mm-hmm. Even the teams with the losing records, like Faith Heritage and Old Forge. We were talking about Old Forge earlier. Lepson, yeah. Old Forge last year made a great run mm-hmm. in the Class D tournament. Yeah. Um, so anything can happen, really, mm-hmm. in Clemson. DeRoyter even can make a run at 14. Um, <clears throat> Immaculate Heart Central, 17. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, And I'm just naming teams right off the top of, the, of my head right now. But it looks like Class D could also have a really fun tournament as well. B, C, and D, they have the most teams. Yep. But they also have teams with really great talent. Mm-hmm. And all three of these brackets are going to be fun. Yeah, and you look at some of these schools that just don't get enough attention. Obviously, Sackett's Harbor, 14-1, and one, and they don't get talked about nearly enough for no. one of the premier teams and honestly, the entire section. And then moving down the list, at a team that a lot of people are sleeping on, even though they're ranked fifth on this list, West Canada Valley, 
only with a nine and five record, but or a ten and five record, but they know that they're a better team. That they dropped some games early on the season to teams that they think they're better than. They've won their past five games, and they've just got such a talented roster with guys like uh, Braden Shepherdson, who probably has the argument to be the best three point shooter in the section. Then you've got Cam Ludwig, and just having some the talent that they have. I don't know if, and honestly, they still might be my pick to win Class D. I don't know if I pick them straight out right yet, but um, I, I kind of want to see them finish off the season on a good note. But right now, West Canada Valley does not look like a team that a lot of that, like you look at Hamilton right now, they don't want to see West Canada Valley. Oh, no. Uh, no Sackett Harbor doesn't want to see West Canada Valley. Nobody, I don't Valley. think, wants to see West Canada yeah. Valley in the Because playoffs. that's a really good team. Um, and, and, you know, West Canada Valley made a great run last year in last year's tournament, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, anything is possible, and yeah. that's what we like about it. And they made a great run in Class C last year. So oh, yeah. now that they're in Class D, they're looking to uh, win sessionals this year. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, <clears throat> speaking of... Um, Section three, um, representing in the states. Yep. Um, we had two section three teams on the boys wrestling side uh, compete in the dual championships at OCC on Saturday. Central Valley Academy and Cicero North Syracuse mm-hmm. just fell short um, at grabbing a title. Yep. Uh, the CVA Thunder made it to the D two match. Uh, against Section Force Tioga, yeah, the title game, but weren't able to get it done. No, uh, they went two and zero in pool play, mm-hmm. and then beat Section Five's Canisteo Greenwood in the semis. Mm-hmm. But then Tioga just went completely yeah. <laughs> over them, winning forty nine to eighteen, and then Tioga ended up repeating as state championships, mm-hmm. uh, state champions as a result. Uh, winners, uh, individual winners. Uh, Santino Curley won at 145 pounds. Yep. Camden Hall won based on a disqualification. Mm-hmm. Six Cook at 160 pounds uh, had a pin at 26 yeah, seconds. Six Cook, I think he's one of the best wrestlers in the section, honestly, yeah. because he, he doesn't get a lot of credit for what he does, but he's a contender every year for all states in terms of uh, what he does on the mat. Nikolai Penry uh, won via forfeit at 189. Uh, Ethan Randall at 215 pounds, pinned at 21 seconds. Got the right pin there. at 21 seconds. Yep. Jeremy McRedman at 285 had a pin at 49 seconds. Gene Edwards, 118 with a pin at 40 seconds. And Cooper Reed at a pin at a minute 39 at 132 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, in the final, Cook, Randall, and McRedman picked up the wins against Tioga. Yeah, and I mean... Cook and Randall, right there. Those are probably the two best wrestlers on that team. I'm surprised Edwards, uh, Gene Edwards, didn't get the win in the finals because I think he's probably just pound for pound their third best wrestler. But um, you know that just shows you how they're going against a really good Tioga team. You're not going to have all your best players win because that's just what it comes down to. Even guys where in right in the regular season when you're playing against other second three opponents, you're going to see a lot of your top guys win every single time. But when you start getting to the states. Uh, it gets a lot tougher for the top tier guys. Yeah. Uh, for CNS, they went 0-2 during the state tournament, lost to Section 5 uh, Fairport in pool play, as well as eventual champion Starport, Starpoint, mm-hmm. uh, 54-18 to uh, in pool play. So they didn't even make it into the semis. Uh, uh, Camden Bembry was the lone North Stars wrestler to win, uh, to pick up multiple wins. At 215 pounds, Junior won a 13 to two major decision and 
recorded a pin at 454. Um, so he's a pretty good uh, wrestler at 215 pounds. Uh, other winners in pool play included Kennedy Thomas at 132 pounds, a pin mm-hmm. at 224. John Sherburn, 172 pounds, with a pin at 237. Aiden Sprague via forfeit at 160. Kevin Masso at 102 pounds with a 5-0 decision. And Drew Baker at 126 pounds, 4-0 decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will host the res- uh, CVA and CNS will host the respective Class B and AA section tournaments next weekend. Yeah, because, and you look at this, this is just a dual meet. Uh, state tournament where obviously it's good to get these wins, but this isn't what it really comes down to. Because for a lot of these guys, it's the section championships on the individual level where they're looking to really just make a name for themselves. Yeah. Like you saw a lot of really good players on the or really good wrestlers on the North Stars with guys like Kennedy Thomas, who I think is an uh, underrated wrestler, Drew Baker, who uh, just 126 pounds, he's uh, pound for pound one of the best wrestlers on this team. Mm-hmm. So They've got a lot of talent, the North Stars do, and they go through a really tough field with uh, teams like Fulton, who they beat early in the year, and then CBA JD. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Class AA uh, tournament plays out in terms of wrestling, the yeah. D1 tournament. <clears throat> Essentially now, it, it, it goes now for the wrestlers as well as for the swimmers as well in indoor track and field mm-hmm. uh, athletes that compete. It's now it's now focused mostly on the individual aspect yeah. now, mm-hmm. less more on the team than anything. Yeah. Um uh the state uh individual tournaments uh is in Albany. That'll be in I believe the second weekend of February. Mm-hmm. Um so that'll be uh something for them to to look forward to as we get closer to that. Uh, real quick, just want to mention uh, the Burgos Memorial Invitational. Mm-hmm. Uh, Central Square's Truman Remenicki, an independent diver, works out with the Mexico diving team. Uh, and we all know how good Mexico divers are. Yep. Took home the Burgos Memorial Invitational title Saturday as well. Uh, he just started um, per- diving this year. Yeah. <clears throat> he was the top, he's the top diver in Section 3, ranked top 10 in the state, finished with a score of 501.7 is really good another couple years of Uh, practice we could be seeing him at a much higher level than just uh, the state tournament so yeah congratulations to truman uh for winning that fulton's though will patterson 431.15 in second place another really good that's really good really good um really good andrew harriger mexico finished in ninth 380.95 yep uh not bad for him there um really good stuff yes all across the board yeah so congratulations to everyone who participated in that Invitational mm-hmm. uh, as well. So when we come back, we'll look at some of the games that are, you don't want to miss this week. And we're getting close to playoffs, and there's a lot of good matchups. We'll explain more when we come back on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7 and 100.1. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7, 100.1. And let's talk with about some games that are coming up this week. We first start off with a Monday matchup, and it's girls volleyball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chenango against CBA. Uh, two teams going at it. The last time they met was back last year, January 20th. Uh with Chenango winning 3-2. to two. In fact, they've won the last five matchups. Uh, but that was a tight one. 
back in that January matchup. You look yep. at the last five, uh, Chenango's been struggling a bit. They've won three out of their last five, uh, including a tough 3-2 three two, uh, three two loss to ESM uh, last week. CBA, on the other hand, they're also 3-2, and two, losing to ESM on the 28th. In their so, most game yesterday. Yeah, yeah, so both teams coming off losses to the same team, East Syracuse Manoa. Yeah, both te- both teams have the same losses to the same teams because uh, their only losses, Chenango has lost two games on the season to ESM and then to Tully, and CBA has lost three games, ESM once and Tully twice. There you go. And it looks like it's going to be an even matchup coming mm-hmm. up. Um, I, I kind of like both of them. Chenango's at 10 2, 9 and 1. Uh, in the OHSL, CBA is 11-3-9-2 in the OHSL. Yep. This this should be a fun matchup on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, night. I'd say Chinango is definitely the favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Again, they won their first nine games of the season, and they've got some really talented players with Taylor Strife, uh, Rachel Gilbert, and then even Stephanie Huckabee and Anna and Julia Spencer. So they've got talent all across the board there. But you can't count out the brothers because it's their senior night. Um, they're playing at home, so they got the advantage of not having the travel there. And they've got some great senior leadership with uh, Georgia Brown there as well as Grace Catalano. And then um, players all across the board. You look at Josie De Palma uh, leading the team in assists, I believe. Then Carly Morja, Abby Uriniak. Um, You've got a bunch of talent where um honestly just across the board cba might be a better team on paper mm-hmm. so it comes down to just it's going to be a battle uh, just throughout the year or throughout yeah. the game and nobody wants to lose on senior night mm-hmm. nobody does yeah so they're going to have some extra motivation there and as i mentioned they've got some great senior leadership a lot of times you see those juniors and sophomores stepping up um for those seniors yeah uh, and again nobody likes to lose mm-hmm. on senior night and yeah, it's going to be a rocking atmosphere tomorrow night. Yeah, um, and again, go out, go out and see these games. Yeah, you know, not not just not just the main sports of basketball and ice hockey. You know, volleyball is pretty decent right now too. So yeah. definitely go out and support these players. On Tuesday, we have the biggest game in boys ice hockey this year. Yeah, on Tuesday night, game of the season. game of the season, perhaps a preview of the Division One boys ice hockey final. West Genesee at Baldwinsville. This should be a fun one. 7.35 puck drop uh, on Tuesday. Part, uh, you know, me personally, I want to go see this for myself, really. I really want to see this matchup um, <clears throat> because th- these two teams have been going at it like dogs uh, mm-hmm. all year round, and now they get to go up against each other. West Genesee in their last five, they beat Auburn. Well, they, in the last game, they beat Auburn on the 26-4-1. Ballinsville beat Liverpool 5-1. So both of these teams coming in red hot. Yeah. Uh, Ballinsville's won their last five. West Genesee has won four out of their last five with a lone loss coming January 13th to Victor, a really good team, out of Section 5. And last five games between themselves, earlier this year, West Genesee won 6-1. to And then in last year's D1 final, West Genesee won 2-1. to So West Genesee's won the last five mm-hmm. going back to 2020. Who wins this one? This is going to be fun. Yeah, honestly, it just comes down. It's a toss-up here because you look at both of these teams, they're pretty much even. And and I still think West Genesee's the better team just because I think it comes down to goaltending mm-hmm. where Luke Beck, I think, has the argument. I think he's the best 
goalie in D1, might even be the best in the se- or not probably not the best in the section, but he's a great goalie. And then um, Beville, on the other hand, you can't even count out their goalie, John Shermer, who's only allowed more than one goal in a game just three times a season. So, and I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. I've got West Tennessee four to two. Really? Game. Yeah. Really? I I think it's going to be a lot closer than that. I think Bowensville pulls off the upset. Really? Really? I nice. think I think they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Beville's going to get them a run for money. Like I said, they've won their last five. Yep. Um, and again, I mean, you look at their last five that Bowensville's played. They beat Skinny Atlas two nothing. Yeah. I mean, if they could beat Skinny Atlas, I think they could beat West Jenny. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to that matchup. Again, I want to go see this live. I really do. Yeah, I really want to see this live. And it's gonna be a lot. I don't. I don't, don't want to wait until the final February 27th. I want to see this now. Mm-hmm. And again, um, you're right. This is probably the section one preview, or the uh, sorry, the the division one preview. Yeah, definitely, yeah. N- no doubt about that at all. And finally, real quick, boys basketball, Tully and Lafayette, two really good teams. Two really good teams mm-hmm. uh, in the OHSL going head-to-head. Uh, last five between the two, the last meeting, back December 21st. Tully won 79-39. But that was without um, star Lafayette player Christian DeJoseph in the lineup. Yep, and now he's averaging, back. Yeah, he's averaging 25 points per game on the season. So mm-hmm. when you have – and he was named a McDonald's All-American. Yeah. So – when you have a that's player not. like that out, that's a huge difference maker. Mm-hmm. And Lafayette in a three-game win streak, you never know. And this is this is a game where Lafayette can cement themselves as one of the top teams in Class C. I agree. The last time Lafayette beat Tully, 2021, mm-hmm. March 1st, 55-52. Yeah. I, I expect a close game. I, I do too, yeah. It's, it's going to be I think no matter what happens, it's going to be close. Yeah, That game will be set for Wednesday. Uh, the first day of February, February first, six thirty. Uh, that game at Lafayette, so that's that should be a fun one as well. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll do it for today's show, and you know we covered a lot today. We really have. Yeah, running through pretty much all of boys <coughs> like basketball said, and boys hockey. Yeah, yeah, it's getting close to crunch time, mm-hmm. and you know postseason is again less than two weeks away, at least on the boys ice hockey side. Same thing with uh, basketball, both boys and girls. Girls volleyball wrapping up here soon. It's going to be a fun, fun next couple weeks. Yeah, I'm excited to see what the committee does and how they decide to determine the The seating. The seating committees are going to have a field day. Yeah, it's going to be just a fun slate in pretty much every class of every sport. I would hate to be one of them right now. I really would. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, for my co-host, Ryan Story, I'm Matt Slocum, wishing you a great rest of your Sunday. We'll talk to you again next week on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7, 100.1. Have a great day, everybody.